Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the greatest show on Earth in today's statistics episode. More and more, as time has passed uh, while doing the show, doing the podcast, I most of the statistics episodes that I do that are f- focused on a single film generally are relegated to new films that come out uh, because a couple of reasons. One, uh, they're the freshest in everyone's minds. It's a lot easier for people to recognize what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about. Uh, Because all the people in new movies are much more familiar to most people than the people from older movies. But today's movie does not come from 2018, nor any year past 2000. It is a a very old film, but it is a notable one nonetheless, as uh, you will soon find out. And I want to do more older statistics movies, and this one just kind of fit the right bill. Uh, for me right right this second. So, yeah, statistics for the greatest show on earth. Uh, I saw this on February 18th, 2018, and it is 152 minutes or a little bit over two and a half hours long. It's a pretty long movie. Uh, it came out in 1952, uh, quite a long time ago, and my summary is dramatic lives of circus performers and staff. So, yeah, I mean, the movie basically revolves around a circus and the goings-on of the people within it. Fairly straightforward from a description, but the movie tries to be more interesting than that, and I, I think it just doesn't really succeed, which is why my rating is a 19. Pretty low. And the, the Rotten Tomatoes score is currently a 44%, which is all the more remarkable when we get further into this. So, moving on to the director of this film, uh, that would be one Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, this is the second film of his I've seen, and lowers his average film rating to a 48.5. It is his only film rated between 0 and 24, and worst film coming in behind The Ten Commandments. Uh, He was, however, nominated for Best Director for this movie. Uh, He has a value of negative 1 and a score of 23.25, which ranks him 1,299th overall as a director, uh, behind uh, Edward Zwick and ahead of... um, I don't really recognize any of these names here. Uh, J.A. Bayona, who directed A Monster Calls. Maybe that rings a bell. Um, yeah, yeah. He was Oscar-nominated Cecil B. DeMille for The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, moving on to writers, a couple of them. Uh, Frank Cavett, this is his third credit as a writer, lowers his average film rating to a 48.67. It is his first film rated between 0 and 24 and worst film overall, coming in behind Smash Up, colon, The Story of a Woman. He has a value of negative 1.5 and a score of 27.7, ranking him 1,921st, just behind uh, Oscar-winning writer Leo McCary and 
redhead of James V. Hart, who wrote the animated film Epic, um, Robin Williams' Hook, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Contact. He, he's got a history. Uh, also, credited as a writer is Frederick M. Frank. This is his second film credit and drops his average film rating to a 48.5. Uh, he is, this is his only film rated between 0 and 24, and it is his worst film behind the Ten Commandments. And he won an Oscar for the writing on this movie, which, mind-boggling. Uh, he has a negative one value and a score of 23.25, which ranks him 2,714th. Also, uh, at the mostly the same scores is Jack Garris. Second film, 48.5 average film rating, only film rating was in 0.24. Worst film, Behind the Ten Commandments, negative one value, score of 23.25, ranked 2,714th. However, Jack Garris was not awarded an Oscar for his writing contributions. And uh, they are both behind Michael McCullers, who is the one of the, at least one of the writers on Mr. Peabody in German, as well as The Boss Baby. And they are ahead of uh, a bunch of people, including the writers for Monster Calls, among others. Uh, that, that also includes uh, Bar Linden. This is his second film credit. Uh, lowers his average film rating to a 29. This is only film rated between 0 and 24, and his worst film, coming in behind The War of the Worlds, not the Spielberg version. I don't think. Might be. Now that I'm thinking about it. No, I'm pretty sure it's Worlds. No, it's it's the 1953 version. Um, yeah, he also won an Oscar for The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, he has a negative 3 value and a score of 11.5, ranking him 4,527th overall. Tied with the writer, <laughs> two writers who have credits on Olympus Has Fallen and The Expendables 3. Uh, behind Jeffrey M. Howard, who wrote Planes and Planes Fire Rescue. And ahead of the Quay Brothers. Uh, if you don't know who those are, I'm not super surprised they've they've done a couple of animated short films um greatest show on earth uh so let's see frank cavett frederick and frank jack garris bar linden and finally i believe finally uh theodore saint john this is his only film credit he has an average film rating of 19. uh it's only film it's the worst best film he won an Oscar for writing on this film as a value of negative 2 and a score of 4.33. He is tied at 5,280th overall uh, with the writers of Winchester, the first version of Casino Royale, Olaf's Frozen Adventure, the Frozen short in front of Coco. He's ahead of Gene uh, Stupnitsky and Lee Eisenberg, who both co-wrote Year One and Bad Teacher, to give you an idea. And uh, yeah, those are the writers. Oscar winning. Uh, ridiculous. Um, okay, actors. Actors, here we go. This is where it gets interesting. So uh, this is, first up is Best Flowers. I've mentioned her in the past. She is, was and is the number one actor from November. 
This is her 54th film credit that I've seen. And to give you, put that in perspective, less than a month ago, I'd only seen her in 43 films. So uh, watching all these old movies as I have been really skyrockets her, her, her count up. So 54th film, uh, it is their se her second film rated between 0 and 24 and ranks as her 54th film out of 54. It is her worst film yet, coming in behind Royal Wedding, and also a pretty terrible movie. Uh, it lowers her value to a 30.5 and her average film rating to a 66.83. Her score drops to 94.95, and she is ranked second overall. Barely. Uh, she is behind, one spot behind Sherry Lynn, who is our current leader, and one spot ahead of Andy Serkis, who has just risen thanks to Black Panther. Next up is James Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart is in this movie, and uh, it's his 21st film credit. It lowers his average film rating to a 73.1. It is his only film rated between 0 and 24, which makes it his worst film. And it comes in behind The Mountain Road. Uh, it is It lowers his value to an 18 and his score to an 84.74. He is now ranked 14th, dropping out of the top 10 uh, to fall below Christian Bale and above Tom Hardy. Bane and Batman. Next up is Chuck Hamilton. Uh, this is his 11th film credit and lowers his hour-touring to a film rating to a 72.27. This is his first and only film rated between 0 and 24, and it is his 11th worst movie overall. So, I mean, it's his worst movie, 11th. Uh, comes in behind The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. Lowers his value to a 9 and his score to a 70.15. He is now ranked 167th overall behind Jim Cummings and ahead of Mark Margolis. He's more of a extra background actor. Uh, next is Franklin Farnham, also more of a background actor. This is his eighth film credit and lowers his average film rating to a 74.25. It is his only film rated between zero and 24 and worst film overall behind Around the World in 80 Days. Uh, best picture winner, Around the World in 80 Days. He lowers his value to a seven and his score to a 66.4. He is now ranked 263rd overall, one spot behind uh, Mark Duplass, and one spot ahead of George C. Scott. Next is uh, our, I guess, main character. It's more of an ensemble, but uh, maybe uh, maybe second uh, supporting second character. Uh, Charlton Heston, the main uh, the guy from Planet of the Apes, etc. This is the 13th film I've seen him in, and it drops his average film rating to a 65.38. It is his second film rated between 0 and 24, and worst film overall, coming in behind the natural disaster movie Earthquake. He has a film value of 5 now, and a score of 61.67, which drops him to 455th overall. One spot behind Michael Gough, and one spot ahead of Dub Taylor. Dub Taylor. Next is Kathleen Freeman. This is her 13th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 63.38. It is her first film rated between 0 and 24 and worst film overall. Coming in behind, I'll Be Home for Christmas. 
it drops her value to a 5 and her score to a 59.93, which puts her at 554th place overall, one spot behind David Krumholtz, and one spot ahead of Amanda Warren. Next is Frank Wilcox. This is his sixth film credit and drops his average film rating to a 62.67. It is his only film rated between 0 and 24 and his worst movie overall. He now has a value of 1.5 and a score of 48.5. He has ranked 1,562nd, which ties him with Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, River Phoenix, uh, Spalding Gray, among others. He is just behind Paz de la Huerta and just ahead of Kristen Scott Thomas. Also more of a background actor. Uh, Just like this guy, Henry Wilcoxon. Wilcoxon. His fifth film credit and drops his average film rating to a 62.6. He has one film rated between 0 and 24. And it's his worst movie overall, coming in behind Caddyshack. Uh, He has a value of 1.5 and a score of 46.21, tying him at 1,818th with Kier Dulia, Kier Dulia, and uh, putting him just behind a group of people, including Ricky Lindholm, uh, Olivia Thirlby, Patrick Dempsey, uh, McDreamy, Tammy Blanchard, Zachary Levi, Jake Lacey, those are names, those are names, uh, and puts him ahead of Tara Reid, and Shore Agdashlu. Shore Agdashlu. I think that's how you say it. Next is Dorothy Adams. This is her fifth film credit and drops her average film rating to, an, to a 62 even. She has a. This is her only film rated between 0 and 24 and worst movie overall, coming in behind Laura, which is actually a good movie. Her value is now a 1.5 and her score is 45.79. She is ranked 1,870th, tied with Christopher Abbott. Uh, She's just behind a group of people including Mary Steenburgen and Moira Kelly. And she is just ahead of Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Next is Gloria Graham. This is her fifth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 59.4. It is her only film rated between 0 and 24 and is her worst movie. It comes in behind The Cobweb. She has a score of 1 now, and a, or a va- she drops her value to 1 and has a score of 43.43, ranking her 2,198th, tied with Charlene Yi, uh, who I believe was on one of the later seasons of House uh, in his entourage. Uh, puts her one spot behind John Little, Lytel, maybe, uh, who was in Jezebel and the Life of Emile Zola, both good movies, and puts her ahead of uh, Maud Apatow, daughter of Judd Apatow. <laughs> yep. Next up is Lawrence Tierney. This is his fourth film credit and drops it his film average to 61.5. It is his only film rated between 0 and 24 and his worst film. Coming in behind Armageddon. He drops his value to a 0.5 and his score to 41.5, which ranks him 2,405th, tied with a bunch of other people, including Christian McKay, Joel McHale, um, Seth MacFarlane, 
among others. He is just behind Jackie Weaver and just ahead of Dominic Cooper. Next is Julia Fay, her fourth film credit. Dropping her average film rating to a 61 even, it is her only film rated between 0 and 24, and worst movie, uh, coming behind to each his own. She has a value of 0, and a score of 40.67 to rank her 2,511th, which ties her with uh, Charlie Cosmo. Cosmo? It's supposed to be Cosmo? Hmm. Charlie Cosmo and Terry Moore. Uh, puts her, but does put her one spot behind Alexander Skarsgård and one spot ahead of Michael McKean. Those are recognizable names. Next is Edmund O'Brien. This is his seventh film credit and drops his average film rating to a 49.86. This is only film rated between 0 and 24 and worst film overall coming in behind A Double Life. It drops his value to a negative 3 and his score to a 35.78, ranking him 3,020th. He is just behind Abby Lee, who was in Mad Max Fury Road and The Neon Demon, and just ahead of Anna Gasteyer, who was in Mean Girls and Dick and What Women Want. Gasteyer? Gasteyer. Next is... Noelle Neal. This is her fifth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 50.4. It is her only film rated between 0 and 24 and worst movie, as it has been for everyone so far, and comes in behind Superman Returns. She has a film value of negative 1.5 and a score of 34.5. She is ranked 3,136th, tied with Rob Hubel, Norman Reedus, Lee Byung-hun, Uh, and uh, puts her behind uh, Peter McNichol and Barry Pepper, and ahead of uh, Dwight Yoakam, the great Dwight Yoakam. Next up, and this is an interesting one, because the name is quite popular and famous, uh, but the role he played was kind of, I think it was just like Spectator, but it's Bing Crosby. This is his fourth film credit. He drops his average film range to a 51.5. It's his only film rate between 0 and 24, and worst film. Uh, Coming in behind The Country Girl, for which he was Oscar nominated. He has a value of negative 1.5, which drops his score to 32.83. He is ranked 3,284th, tied with Chris Wu, who was in Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, uh, or Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. He's one spot behind Mackay Pfeiffer, and one spot ahead of Janet Montgomery, who was in Black Swan. Next is also playing a relatively tiny role, Bob Hope. Uh, this is his fifth film credit. Drops his average film range to a 38.2. It is his only film, right between 0 and 24, and worst movie. Coming in behind, My Favorite Spy. It drops his film value to a negative 3.5 and his score to 23.79, which puts him at 3,933rd overall, tied with Denny Woodburn. Uh, One spot behind Olga Fonda, uh, who was in Real Steel, Crazy Stupid Love, and one spot ahead of a group of people including Heather 
Matarazzo, uh, Marie Dressler, Oscar winner Marie Dressler, and uh, Celine Dion, among others. Further down the list, uh, out of the 4,434 total actors currently on my spreadsheet, this person ranks 4,399th, almost at the bottom, and that's Betty Hutton, who I would argue is uh, the, the main character, if there is one. And uh, I'm going to lump her in with Dorothy L'Amour, as they both have one film credit, and that is The Greatest Show on Earth. Um, the reason I added them to the list is because, uh, if I remember correctly, Dorothy L'Amour is nominated for an Oscar in a different film she was in that I haven't seen yet. And Betty Hutton, uh, there are a couple of films that I, I saw noticed uh, on her, uh, her letterbox page that I am definitely interested in watching that she is like the main character in so it was inevitable and i thought i'd jump uh get a jump start on things so betty hutton dorothy lamore only film they've been in average film rating of 19 uh worst film best film greatest show on earth values of negative two and total scores of 4.33 they are tied at 4399th which puts them one spot behind kim cattrall and one spot ahead of matt jones and that is all the actors. So we started out at second overall and ended up uh, 4,399th overall out of 4,435. So only, what, 30, 34 people worse than Betty Hutton and Dorothy Lamore currently. Moving on to genre, Greatest Show on Earth, 19, rated 19 from 1952, is a drama. It is also a romance, sort of. Uh, it does happen to pass the Bechdel test. Uh, while there are many, many instances of women talking, there are very few of them talking about non-male characters or about non-male anythings. But there are a couple uh, where uh, I think it's Gloria Graham and Betty Hutton are discussing kind of like their future in the circus, in a sense. So it does pass. If, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, it has not rated. No rating. It's not on IMDb's Top 50 or my own Top 300. And then we get to what makes this movie important, and that's the Oscars. So, this movie came out in 1952. It was nominated for five Oscars, and it won two of them. Uh, I already mentioned one of those, which was... A, uh, I, I, I kind of push uh, technically the award was for best story and screenplay which i put in the category of best adapted screenplay on my spreadsheet that's eventually going to change and uh it also won for best picture best picture picture what uh, um it was also nominated for best director best costume and best film editing film editing don't understand I do not understand um, for reference let me see how many other films from that year I've seen uh, 1952 uh, so also nominated for best picture that year that I've seen uh, High Noon great movie The Quiet Man good movie um, ridiculous absolutely ridiculous also nominated in the best screenplay categories, um, High Noon, The Quiet Man, The Bad and the Beautiful, which won best screenplay, I think. Uh, 
or or maybe best story best i don't know one one of them there were like four different screenplay categories story screenplay categories that didn't make any sense uh it was i don't know it was a strange time uh and then film editing uh come back little sheba not a good movie but it's okay and okay is better than awful uh, as well as high noon again high noon which actually won film editing so in that sense fine but come on really uh yeah so moving on to the best pictures that i've seen this this leaves me with just one blank spot on my resume and that is the best years of our lives which is the best picture winner from 1946 the greatest show on earth comes in behind the Broadway Melody, which was 1929's Best Picture winner, and ahead of 1963's Tom Jones. And the only film worse than Tom Jones that's won Best Picture, in my opinion, is Cavalcade, which got, which is from 1933. Uh, Greatest Show on Earth is a 19, Tom Jones is a 16, Cavalcade is a 10, and then the next one up, Broadway Melody, is a 30. So, uh, actually, Greatest Show on Earth, Tom Jones, and Cavalcade are the only three are the only films that won Best Picture that have gotten an awful score from me. Uh, The Broadway Melody and Cimarron are the only ones that have gotten a bad score. Everything else got a 50 plus. Uh, Because, I mean, especially like in the later years, I think most of the films that win Best Picture are at least fine. Uh, I've rarely found even a nominee recently that I think is just absolutely garbage. And I, I don't even even now that we've expanded the the um ex- ex- expanded the category to like 10 8 to 10 nominees it's still very difficult to to find one that's pure garbage so yeah back then though felt like it was every other year greatest show on earth 19 um all right and the year finally this is 1952 this is the 25th film i have seen from 1952 it lowers the average film rating of those films to 51.08. It lowers the tomato meter of those films to 84.3. Uh, it improves. I've now seen 17 of the 27 Oscars that were won that year. If that, I, I, I said that correctly. I don't. I don't know if that means it makes sense though. And I've now seen 38 of the 122 nominations that were given out that year. Um, I, let's see, it's a drama, it is the 12th drama from 1952, and it is a romance, it is the ninth romance. Uh, it is a three on the Bechdel test, which makes it part of the 8% of films uh, that are um, threes in the Bechdel test from that year. And it is not rated, uh, which means it is one of the seven films from 1952 that are not rated back before ratings were how they are because it was kind of just approved and not so 13 films are approved that i've seen from that year seven not rated one unrated and one rated pg and then i think there i guess that leaves what uh three films that i have not found uh, i didn't haven't taken the time to like fill in all of the um mpa ratings so there are a couple missing and yeah, it does not factor into my top 300 whatsoever. No chance. 
Uh, as far as the year 1952 in which it came out, it ends up one spot behind Against All Flags, uh, which summary is a Navy man becomes a spy and infiltrates a pirate stronghold. It's an interesting concept. It doesn't really mesh out that way. Uh, and it comes in one spot ahead of a fantasy. Fantasy spelled with a PH, which is a short film, which my summary is, to background music, plants release spheres into the sky. It's fairly straightforward. So, yeah. The Greatest Show on Earth, my penultimate Best Picture winner, and kind of kind of a drag. Uh, I have heard some good things about the best years of our lives, so I am very excited to watch that somewhat soon. And... Uh, finally have seen every best picture winner ever you know uh, i think this that'll be the assuming i don't finish a different category first this will be the third oscar category that i've seen every film that has won uh, the first two being makeup and hairstyling and best actress so yeah not first which most people would probably end up putting it as far as, like, which category to finish. So, uh, yeah. The Greatest Show on Earth. I, I don't recommend it, but, you know, it's a Best Picture winner. Uh, funny thing, one of the most interesting elements of it, towards the end of the movie, there is a big kind of action, not action scene, but, like, disaster scene. And if you went and saw The Commuter this year, which isn't good, but it has a very similar scene to... Uh, the, the ending of the commuter, which is like a train accident. And just comparing the effects back then to the, the ones they that we have now, oh my goodness. Some of the aspects of it are just, it's like, you know, it's like an Ant-Man where like we zoom out and it's just a toy train set. That's how it feels. But then there were other elements where like there was one train car that has like a lion cage on it that gets wrecked on its side and you can kind of tell that the train set is not a real train set, that it's, like, toy-sized. But then the lions crawl out of the quote-unquote toy-sized train set, which doesn't actually look so terrible. Uh, it actually looks pretty decent. Um, I don't know. The, uh, historical relic. It's not high quality, though. Yeah, so that's today's episode on... The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, some statistics. I really do want to try to go older as more often. Not like every time. Because, you know, my gosh, when Infinity War comes out, I mean, I I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. I don't know if that's ever going to... I don't know if anything's ever going to beat the Disaster Artist. But if it could, it would be Infinity War. Because, well, I guess there are films I could do that would beat the Disaster Artist. But, um... For example, let's see, the Disaster Artist had 41 actor credits on my spreadsheet. And yeah, that's a lot. I mean, I know Infinity War is going to have a ton of people, but I don't know if it's going to have 41 tons of people. Um, for reference, Age of Ultron only had 25 film credits on my spreadsheet, so... We'll see. And I know that there are people in Ultron that didn't come back. So, 
um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening and appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you want to share with me uh, your top movie lists, um, always accepting those. You can do that through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or you can get in touch with me on Twitter, at circleoffilm. If you'd like to check out more episodes, check out more information about me, about my spreadsheet, about anything at all, uh, most of that stuff can be found um, at circleoffilm.com. And if you'd like to support the show and what I'm doing uh, in whatever way you'd like, uh, you can also check out patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And as always... Have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh